Hello, and welcome to the Three Will Podcast. This is your host, Danny Ryan, and I have Tommy Ryan here with me. How's it going, Tommy? It's going well, Mr. Cool. Ryan. <laughs> Ooh, we're going to be formal today, huh? Let me see your, your, how formal your socks are. You've been going with the stripes lately, huh? Yes. Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Um, I got to look at these. A little flare on mine. Wow. Yeah, a little fluorescent action. Not so, sure what to say about those. I know. It sort of goes with the fluorescent green shirt here, too, huh? All right. Uh, move next subject. Next subject. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about uh, today is um, using offshore resources and just sort of the evolution of, of how we've been using them. We um, use them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't you get the emails? It's 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 eighteen bucks an hour. I mean, why wouldn't you use offshore resources, right? Um, now you probably are like me, where you get people calling you out of the blue, and I'm sure our clients get the same thing as well, which is, you know, hey, look at this. You can, um, for eighteen dollars an hour, you can have a ex SharePoint expert uh, at your, not at your door, but uh, at least uh, on the line with you, and. Um, what I wanted to do was just sort of talk through the evolution of where we've started using them on projects. Um, we can mention the, the one partner that we've had the best luck with. I think it'd be interesting to sort of give the backstory on that. And then also talk about where, what are so the, some of the pros and cons of doing this? Um, what types of projects do we see work out best for using offshore resources? You know, just sort of have a general conversation about this. And uh, I guess to get us kicked off, maybe give me a little bit of the um, of the backstory on when do we start using offshore resources? Sort of how did this evolve over time? Sure. I, it, you know, it's interesting how it did start. We had one of our customers um, have a previous relationship with an offshore team. And as we were looking at a project with them, they wanted us to combine our team with their team to, to go after a project. And so we, we, we did that, you know, had an open mind to that and, and tried it out. And you, know, you definitely get a lot of people talking about how, um, how hard it is, uh, how many challenges that you might have in that scenario using an offshore team. So we, you know, approached it with our Scrum methodology. Um, we had some dedicated time to making sure that it was successful, and it was. Um, we were very pleasantly surprised to see um, how well that went the first time. So it kind of teased us into saying we should uh, consider that in the future and, and think about when that would make sense. Excellent. And so... This was a specific organization. I'll use their name, Trigent, which we, you know, I, I, it's funny because I, I do our, um, you know, our AdWords and all that stuff, and they they spend a lot in the areas that we spend on. So there's some interesting, yeah. So I run into some of their advertising when I'm doing research, but uh, um, so we were introduced to them from through a client, and then we started using them more on projects. Or how did it, how, where did it go from there? Where we had the first experience? Well, and I don't know the exact projects, but um, what we ended up doing is there are certain projects that you get to a, to a, a financial number that it starts making sense from 
a standpoint of being competitive and when you're competing sometimes we're competing against larger firms that have their own offshore team yeah um and so the pricing uh, becomes you know different than what we we normally see when we're in say something south of a uh, hundred thousand so you get north of a hundred or really north of 250 500,000 for a project there's almost the expectation that you have that offshore component just optically where you see okay we're not paying all u.s full rates um, for this project you have a blended team Mm -hmm. that helps it look more economical when i go up to you know my senior management to get approval and i'm comparing different proposals and if we don't have a proposal that does have offshore sometimes it can knock us out of the running to, to win an, engage, an engagement. So as the projects get larger, just the expectation is, is you'll have some, some higher, cro- higher costs, you know, very specific, specialized uh, consulting uh, resources. And then some of the project work will just naturally be things that uh, you can use a lower cost resource on. Yeah, especially if you get into things that can be set up like a factory where it's a repetitive thing and you want to go through a cycle and repeat, 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 and you're trying to crank things out. Migrations is a great example of that. I was going to ask about that. Since we're doing more migrations, is that are we starting to use more offshore resources because of that? Um, it, it, it depends if it's, it's gotta be something fairly large, um, you know, we've also found ways to um, use some of our testing resources um, as a way to, um, you know, blend the rate. Um, but if it is a, you know, a, a multiple months, let's say three or more months of migration work, um, then it starts making sense to get that team up to speed because there is a ramp up for that, uh-huh. um, you know, finding the right team members you don't always get the perfect team in the beginning and you might need to do some adjustments so you want to figure that out um, and you need to have time to figure that out and then after you get that all dialed in um, you know you can start really getting some benefit from that ramp up and and start seeing some economies of scale so do we end up like interviewing them for seeing who goes on the project, who doesn't go on the project. Right. Yeah, we do. And and one of the benefits of going back to the same partner each time is some of those folks we already know from previous projects. Yep. And then, of course, there's definitely turnover in those organizations that you're going to see new faces. And um, so we end up interviewing those and then kind of seeing how things go. And if if there is some challenges, we'll we're, we're make adjustments and and that's key, I think, to have a good partnership for an offshore, um, you know, resources. You need to be able to roll with the punches because, you know, from customer to customer, there might be someone that's a good fit for customer A, and then that same resource is not a good fit for customer B. And um, there's times that these resources are are directly working with our clients where we're not kind of putting them behind the scenes and no one sees them. Um, there's some direct interaction. So there, there needs to be you know, certain skills, and those, those skills are not just communication, but approach to the problem and, and, and you know, how do you address um, triaging an issue because some of that support and migration is to go after 
that say level one of triage mm-hmm. and um, sometimes you know there's resources that are better at development than the triage and so you have to figure that out and, and respond to that. So what does it look like? Do all of our clients allow us to use offshore resources or how do we do we how do we sort of introduce the concept of using outsource? Or, well, or, or? Yeah I mean we're introduce it one it has to be in that um, that range of costs that says it's worth slowing down a bit to be able to have an integrated team. Um, so it gets to a certain dollar figure, let's say, then we start saying, let's entertain that. And then the customer, um, depending on the, the customer, they might not have the ability to use offshore resources, depending on the type of data we're moving yeah. and what their sensitivity is to, to having offshore resources. So we'll figure that out with the customer. Um, it's something that we don't, quote, force upon our customers. It's more of, is this a benefit to you? And, and we're willing to manage that and, and bring that into the equation if it makes makes sense to the customer and it's going to be of value to the customer. So um, after we kind of figure out it's large enough to do it, it's the type of project that will um, fit with an offshore team and the customer is happy with that, then we propose you know different options. And usually if we get to that step of proposing an offshore team versus just a pure three-wheel team, um, they're opt for that offshore because um, we, we can show um, some benefits economically. Um, maybe it takes a little bit longer, um, but in those bigger projects, you know, being four months versus five months sometimes, um, that's fine. Uh, this is brought up. I think I'll probably cover this with, with Eric or someone else who's been involved in some of these projects, but just some tips for managing offshore resources. But I know in, just in general that there's probably some, you know, since we're managing them, it, which is nice that we're doing that for the client, there's got to also have to be a little bit of overhead as well, um, where some of our time is spent towards tasking out and, um, you know, just checking up on, you know, as you're doing code reviews or pulling things back in that, it's not that you're just assigning tasks, they're doing them, and there's no oversight of that as well. Yeah, so when we do have an offshore component, um, most of the time, if not all the time, we work with a lead that will kind of uh, QA some of the work, uh, give mm-hmm. assistance to um, the developers. And we're trying to use some of the same leads over and over again that know how to, you know, give the quality that we're looking for, um, how to, you know, communicate appropriately when it does um, come to client-facing activities. And so we, you know, we have a, quote, management component mm-hmm. over on the, the offshore team side. And then we've learned over time that we have to have our project management component on the three-wheel side. Um, at the end of the day, we can, as much as we can say to a client, well, if you want to work with them directly, that's fine. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. You can manage that relationship. We don't have to be in the middle, you know, so you don't have that extra cost. And when we do that, um, what happens <laughs> is something goes sideways. It's not being managed by the client or they're just not used to, you know, how do they take a left and right turn with certain situations. And that becomes really our problem. 
Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we're we're looked at as a as the company accountable to that because we've introduced them as you know the offshore team. Mm-hmm. So we we've learned that as much as a client wants to manage the offshore resources directly, we end up saying, let's not do that because we want to have a good positive relationship. So if if we can't afford having the Threeble project manager involved, then let's not add that yeah. you know, to the team. Or or you, you can go directly to an offshore team um, and that way, you know, you, you can, you know, we're not kind of caught in the middle and, and don't have any ability to manage it to, to be successful because we want the customer to have a positive experience. Yep. Yep. That's great. Um, what else has been any sort of tips that you've sort of picked up as um, from working with? Because I think they, the couple of folks from Trigen, I wasn't here in the office, but they dropped by, um, was it earlier this year? Yeah, it was um, probably a month and a half ago. Okay. Um, any tips for sort of choosing and, you know, and I, I know this one is just sort of, um, we entered into a relationship because of a client, but, uh, any sort of through the years, any sort of tips that you have for people when working with, uh, offshore teams or, or companies? Well, our approach was to stick with the same company, um, and stick through that company through thick and thin. And, yeah. there, and there might be, you know, challenging situations and um, you're making an investment in that relationship. So uh, I, I would advise not hopping around and, and saving a couple dollars here and there mm-hmm. by hopping to the next um, offshore team that sends you an email. <laughs> um, you know, when you pick that first one, you don't know, encourage them because they yeah. send us emails too. Right. <laughs> um, and when you pick that first one, maybe it's not the right one mm-hmm. and, and you got to pick another one. But after you kind of get through a few success stories together, um, see it through when you have some tough times, because there's going to be some situations where things do go sideways and you have to work through it and see how that company works through the tough times with you. And that's where you're going to see is it worth kind of keeping that relationship going? Um, so I think, you know, staying consistent is important. Having a project lead on their side, a, a kind of a dev lead on their side mm-hmm. is important. Um, having a project management or a team lead management on your side is important, I think, to give quality and uh, a positive experience to the customer. And... Uh, you know, try to find ways to make a, f- a factory, you know, where you can come up with, um, you know, processes and tooling that um, can be repeated over and over again, because that's where you're going to get a lot of um, velocity and, and value out of that um, project is if you, you're not trying to go after something new every sprint but you have some repetitive things that need to get done sprint after sprint. Um, that I think that's the way to get the highest value out of the, the arrangement. And you're mentioning sprints. So these are, they're, they're on, um, and this may be appropriate for talking through with Eric, but they're, you know, they're on the daily stand up and they've got their capacity and what they're burning down and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, and I don't think it's, 
perfect, but I think there is um, the daily stand-up. I know that happens um, on the projects I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. So you have to pick an early time um, to kind of have that overlap. So you see sometimes, you know, 8 o'clock or 7.30 type stand-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, having them participate on the backlog, I think we're constantly working on making that better. It's not as good as a local team member. Um, but that also kind of speaks to work with the same team because you're, you're training people on how we get work done together as a team. And you don't want to have to start from scratch every, every project, but kind of build upon something. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been great. I mean, I, I think it's been interesting to see how this evolves, which is really, I think, the, the size of the projects um, d- drives a lot of whether we start to introduce um, offshore components to this. Some of the projects we do, you know, where it's, it is underneath 100K, you know, having a, a fast moving team and, and really you can't get any of the economies of scale or anything, uh, you know, you basically are trying to deliver something within a very short period of time. Has often been pure, you know, all three wheel folks. Um, but I know as we go after larger and larger projects, this has been a, a nice option for us and for our clients. Yep, it has. Anything else before we wrap this up? I think that's good. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time to do this, Tommy. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.